Welcome into the New Orleans Saints podcast presented by SeatGeek. I'm your host, Aaron Summers, alongside John DeShazer. Happy to have former Saints linebacker Craig Robertson on the show with us today. Big day for you announcing your retirement. Yeah, um, keyword on former. That's, that's, <laughs> that's big. But yeah, no, really announcing my retirement, but really um, feel like a place coming home, you know. So that's more so what it feels like to me, um, just having that having that tie that I have for the rest of my life, more so just playing with the team and then just finishing playing. You know, to actually, like, retire as a member of the team is, like, you know, something that you want to do, you know, as a as a player for sure. So and I, I got to hop in here first, though, Aaron, cause, you know, because Craig's a member of the Omega Psi Phi Fraternity <laughs> Incorporated. <laughs> and, um, and I'm a member of the Phi Beta Sigma Fraternity Incorporated. So anytime we can get a cue out the door, that's a good day for me. Yeah. Anytime we can get a cue out the door, that's a good day for me. <laughs> but Craig, Craig, um, you, you know, you, you, you've gotten adjusted to the retirement life. I uh-huh. heard you talk about it. But what was that adjustment like initially? Because, you know, a lot of times it's kind of a shock to the system for the athlete to, to put a screech on it. Yeah, I mean the big thing was, um, man, I still had interest, and so I was still I was still training, right? And so in that in that summer, I prepared like I always prepared, right? I prepared like you know maybe somebody was gonna bring me. I knew I was older, right? So like the retirement for me wasn't right away. It was something that happened during the season. I had teams reach out, hey, we're going different direction. All right, cool. I just next the, the next week was the next week. You know, I did it just like a game. You know, like I watch games on Saturday, I'm um, on Saturday and Sunday, just like a fan. And then when Monday hit, I was back training to see if somebody was gonna call me. You know, what I'm saying during that week and just go. And then it got to a point where it was like, all right, I'm kind of into this dad life, right? Being being in the pickup line. You know, what I'm saying like spending yeah. spending time with my kids. And people laugh at me when I say the pickup line, but I'm like, I know what that. I know exactly what that's like. Yeah, but the thing is, for me, like, like that's what I wanted. You know what I'm saying? Like I didn't, I didn't have a lot of that with my kids. You know what I'm saying? Like I, I, I haven't reached that point yet. And so like my daughter, she was in kindergarten during the COVID year, and so she started school, and they were still in Texas. Cause I'm like, I didn't know the whole COVID thing and having family around, so I wanted to keep them safe. And so man, I flew home every Monday and Tuesday, and so I would fly home Monday, spend time with my family, and fly back Monday to take my Tuesday COVID test, and I'll fly back home. Because I'm like, you when when you gone from them, you realize how much you you need them and you miss them. You know what mm-hmm. I'm saying? And so if that meant, hey, come in here, sleep for a couple of hours, get your workout in, then fly home, go see your family, and then when Wednesday come, you on your work week. You know what I'm saying? It's a whole mm-hmm. different mission. And so it's like it puts stuff in perspective. You know, like man, I just I really want to spend that time with them. You know, and it wasn't something where I was like, well, I'm undrafted, so. If somebody gonna pay me, I'm gonna play. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? But it, it it got to a point where I was like, man, I'm comfortable being at home. I'm comfortable in this dad role. And it and it was something that I was like, we they had started having the COVID outbreaks mm-hmm. uh, during the season, and teams like, hey, we need you for a week, you know? And I'm like, like one week? Yeah, nah, y'all 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 can keep it. <laughs> you know, like that wasn't something that was gonna pull me off the couch. You know what I'm saying? Pulled me away from my family. You know what I'm saying? Like, it was one week. I'm like, what if I get hurt? You know what I'm saying? Like, I got to deal with that. You know, y'all already know y'all going to probably release me. You know, so I was like, well, I'll keep my serenity where I'm at, my mm-hmm. my peace, and just keep growing with my family. Yeah. What's a day like today 
for you? What, what's this kind of day for you? Like, like you said, undrafted rookie, 10-year um, NFL career. What's the day like this day for you? It's more so icing on the cake. You know, like you, like everyone when they see a cake, they just they just want something. You know what I'm saying? Like mm-hmm. everybody when they see a cake, I don't care if you're not even you don't you don't have a sweet tooth or nothing, but you see a cake, I I, I get a piece. You know what I'm saying? Like mm-hmm. for me, it's like man, just finishing that cake. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? And just like putting icing on top, because I didn't know I was gonna play ten years. You know what I'm saying? Like mm-hmm. I took it year by year. You know, even when I got to New Orleans and I was like, all right, you got a three-year deal. And, like, for me, I'm like, I only guaranteed my first year. They can get me out of here the, mm-hmm. the next year, you know. So I took it year by year. And I just I kept getting up in age. And when when you're a young player and you got all the, the older guys, you call them OG pops, mm-hmm. right? Like, that's that's, <laughs> that's the thing. But as a, as a young player, that's the only thing you can wish for is somebody to call you, like, OG or pops. Mm-hmm. And so I get there and I'm like, all right, man, this this too much. <laughs> like you you wanted it and then you hear, mm-hmm. you know. But I mean, I got that out of out of out of respect and just out of how many how much I poured into my teammates. You know, like how much our relationship as you know teammate brother to brother really meant something. You know, mm-hmm. it just wasn't something like hey, we play together, so we we got to be good. Like no, nah, it's like lifelong friendships that I have for the rest of my life. So one of the things I remember about the COVID year, um, when there were no fans uh, during the game, road or home, no fans, but one of the few people you could hear was Craig every game from the sideline, every game. Because could hated it. You could hear Craig. And it was like, this dude is wild. Where does that infectious joy come from? Loving your teammate. Be honest. I mean, because it was like, I'm not playing. I mean, you you had like like Mike T battled through a lot that year, you know what mm-hmm. I'm saying? So like, for him making the catch, like doing his flex, you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, it's one thing, his flex, he can't feed off nobody in the crowd. Ain't no crowd, yeah. you know what I'm saying? Yeah. So I'm like, man, like, get up for your teammates, you know what I'm saying? Like, be they be they biggest fan, you know what I'm saying? Like, and when you make a play, man, you are gonna have people ready to cheer for you, you know what I'm saying? And mm-hmm. then that's. That's how team and that's how culture is created. You know what I'm saying? Like, you got Cam get a sack. You got guys on the bench doing his celebration. Same yeah. with DD. I mean, you got to understand, it ain't because they're the best players on this team. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? It's, it's because they got a relationship with everybody in this locker room. Mm-hmm. You know? And that's and that's what it, it boiled down is it's relationships. Yeah. When you came here from Cleveland, what were your expectations? Because, you know, first year team, I think, was seven and nine. But then – the jump where basically the rest of your career in New Orleans, all you knew was winning winning division championships. Yeah, man, we had four in a row. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, the, the, the thing was, like, I, it was stability. When I was in Cleveland, man, every every coach we had got fired. Every mm-hmm. linebacker coach I had was gone. You know what I'm saying? So it was yeah. like, all right, so you're proving yourself every year. You got a new regime every other year. And it's like, and you're trying to keep a job. And so people don't understand, like, the amount of pressure that that entails, the amount of work that you got to put in to just keep yourself, you got to prove yourself, like, every year. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? So not only you got to be the same person that you were, but then get better in the areas that you weren't good at. You know what I'm saying? While still being who you are, mm-hmm. you know? And so, like, Cleveland taught me that. So when I got to New Orleans with, like, stability, 
I knew Coach Page wasn't going nowhere. We had a quarterback. He had offense. And I was like, man, we just got to win some games. You know, like that 79 year, you know, it was it was unfortunate, but it was different. Mm-hmm. Like we went 79 in Cleveland one year, and we were 74. The whole division was tied. And then we lost. We, we made a quarterback change, and uh, we went to Johnny playing quarterback, and then um, we didn't win another game. You know what I'm saying? But it was just like we had a tough part of that schedule, but everyone just sees, like, the quarterback change. Like, oh, that's why we didn't win. But, but we went 79. Yay. You know what I'm saying? I was yeah. like, yeah. No. You know, like, we're not winning. <laughs> we don't have a winning record. We're not in the playoff. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? But mm-hmm. it was like, it was a sign of contentment because they had always 4 and 12, yeah. 3 and 13. Yeah. It was like, man, we at least won seven. And I'm like, man. And I get here to New Orleans. We're 79. And it's like, it, we were we were 7 and 8. And we go play that last game to, to be 8 and 8. And you, Coach Payton, we're playing Lion King in the stretch line. <laughs> yeah, and he had that's a story. Right. That's he, right. He had a story about it. We would stop that's practice. Right. We had to stop practice mid-time. Nah. I remember that. That's right. Yeah, I, I wish Deuce Deuce was here right now. He knew, nah, <laughs> But that was something that we, like, we're looking at it was like, it was a joke at first. You know what I'm saying? But then it was like, nah, he just really don't want no losing season. And it's like, yeah, this is this is where you need to be. And then mm-hmm. we turned that corner. Everything was fun after that. Mm-hmm. Like my my love for football was already high. Mm-hmm. It's even higher when you winning. Like foot, winning is the greatest drug in sports. Yeah. I tell that to anybody. Coach yeah. Payton say it's sleep. You know what I'm saying? Like sleep is the greatest drug ever, but it's winning. Cause winning, man, like it's infectious. Everybody want it, and it's hard to get. Mm-hmm. All right, can you still dance? Not the Q hop now. You see the autumn kids I had in there? Yeah, yeah. So you look, got a, we, we you got had, a little tribe going. We got a dance party every night. You know what I'm saying? I mean, that's yeah. that's one thing with me, man. Like how how y'all saw me, that's that's who I am. Like that's not something that I just go home and just turn off. Like when they see that, they look and say, Man, that's that's my daddy right there. He like mm-hmm. that at home. You know what I'm saying? Like yeah. when I when I used to get home, it was the same thing. It's like that now. I ain't playing my and my son got on his mic right now. I wish my daddy still playing, but it's cool that he home. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. But it was like dancing. That's us. I feel for your wife. I can tell you that because that's got to be a, a tumultuous household. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, so, Craig, what what are you doing with yourself now? Uh, so um, I'm in oil and gas. I got a logistics company um, out in West Texas. So that keeps me busy. Um, I did a couple boot camps, uh, like a ref boot camp, because I, I wanted to dibble dabble in the refereeing as well. Kind of stemmed from when we got juiced out not going to Super Bowl. Ooh. And I mean, like you, you see, you still see, like, for me, I wish we had more former players that would be refs because they, they, they know the game, their eyes are ingrained to what to see, and they've been around the game for so long. And that's, that's just my two cents. I mean, nothing about the refs now, but, you know, it's a it's a part-time gig for a lot of them. You know what I'm saying? So I'm like, man, if you want to have somebody be a part-time gig, the amount of experience that former players have is unmatched. It's something that you can't teach, you know? And, I mean, I, I, I ride on that, you know, forever and ever. 
Oh, now you you just opened up a whole can of worms though. If yeah. you're an official, could you be unbiased? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, that's that's the that's the thing. You know, I mean, you got that's what the training's for, and I mean, that's the that's the hard part is to make sure a guy is unbiased, right? To call the game how they call it, but just how players get graded with PFF, they get graded as PFF. They have their own grading system, and you know, it's it's private for them. You know what I'm saying? But obviously, if you're not grading out well, you'll have more turnover. You can start getting guys up out of there. You know? I mean, now, like, they they have a lot of um, a lot of guys that have been there for a long time in their positions. Not a bad thing. If somebody's there for a long time and they're doing their job, you know, pretty well. You know? But I'm like, you have to bring people up, you know, for the future. Like, just like now, like, we have a college system that takes all of our jobs when we get older. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? Like the best guys will play. You know, so I mean, you can have a farm system in college. Guys that grade out well, they get moved up to the NFL. Mm-hmm. You know, what I mean, it's the same thing. You got guys in college that have to be unbiased if they're a conference or whatever that that they might be tied to. You know, and kind of keep that. You know, um, the integrity of the game. How important was it for you to retire a Saint? It was huge. You know, because I mean. I I always loved the game, but when I got here, my love became so much more. It became more than just loving football. You know what I'm saying? Like, I've always been a teammate guy. I always loved my teammates. But New Orleans was just different. You know what I'm saying? Like, I mean, you hear people say that all the time. Like, man, New Orleans is different. You know what I'm saying? Like, when you playing with your teammates in and out, man, y'all are winning. Everything's great. And then, like, when you're losing a couple games, and you see that everything you built doesn't change how everybody acts, then you understand that you really built something good. You know what I'm saying? And then to be a part of it with the amount of brothers, like our locker room and our culture, man, I'll put that up against any team, any, I mean, like your great teams, locker room culture is always top notch. And I mean, like we got years of being like a top notch locker room, top notch culture, and it's still like, it's still rocking and vibing now. Like even like now, like I wasn't even playing. And I'm still FaceTiming these guys and they're in meetings. They're the juice cut boys now. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> and it's like little stuff like that where it's like, man, like you're still a part of this. You know what I'm saying? I'm just on the outside looking in. And that's that's what culture means. You know what I'm saying? When you when when you leave something and you still a part of it when you go. That's culture. Undrafted, end up playing 10 years, end up being a four-year captain mm-hmm. for this team. What is it about your work ethic, how you attack the game, that allowed you to have that kind of success? Uh, well, I guess grace of God, to be honest. Because, um, man, you get a lot of guys who, uh, man, just deal with injuries. And I, I dealt with my own injuries as well. Uh, man, I had two years where I had, like, like back to back, like hamstring surgeries, that like nobody really knew about. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like one of them happened during OTAs, and and the other one happened during another time uh, when we played LA, played in LA, played Chargers, and it was just like they weren't like bad injuries, but man, I had to go like have like surgery, you know? And I was like, all right, well, I gotta hurry up and get back. You know what I'm saying? Like my guys need me, mm-hmm. you know? Now like. They needed me to play or nothing like that. But it was just like, 
when you miss practice and you're watching it, it's like, man, practice ain't the same, bro. The energy's just not there. <laughs> you know, and then like you hear it. And then like when you get back, obviously you're gonna be a little bit over on the energy because not oh now you're back. And then everybody's like, Oh yeah, man, like it feels normal again, you know? And it's just stuff like that where it was like I New Orleans didn't bring me here to make a bunch of plays. You know what I'm saying? Like you let DA tell it, like DA was my coordinator, right? And he told me straight up. And he was like, Man, he was like, just like you said in there, he told the truth. I knew I was undersized. I ain't the fastest one. But I was like, I'm smart. I've always been a teacher. You know what I'm saying? So I was like an extension of like what they were doing. You know what I'm saying? So I'm like, the better that you can educate um, yourself, then you can teach other people that may not catch it right away. Where I can put it in different different words or terminology to let them get it. So when we get out there on Sunday, man, we're flying around having fun. Mm-hmm. Because winning is fun. And so the only thing that my thing was for man, just keep everything fun. Keep everybody loose. And we had a great team, by the way. So it's it's easy when you got, you know, the type of teammates that, that we had and everybody was just locked in, you know, and just ready to win. You talked about the culture and how much fun you had and winning. Anything specific that you're going to take away from your time with the Saints? Man, so look, so we, we used to play this N64 uh, <laughs> in the locker room. You weren't here yet, I don't think. But y'all saw it. Yeah. But this was something that we did every day. You know what I'm saying? That we played this game. And we spent, you know, we, we watch tape. We do all that. But we always found a way to, like, have fun in the locker room. Whether we had we had a little basketball goal in there that we shot in there. We had a um, ping pong table. Ping pong table. I mean, we 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 went as far as having uh, rankings. Yes. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like we had it all. We played N64. Guys had Xbox. I mean, during training camp, we played cards. It was like the amount of games and stuff that we played with each other. Always know? a competition too. I'm sure. Always. Yeah. But it was so fun though because that gave you a break from football. Like, and for our time, break from your phone. You know what I'm saying? Guys are on their phone watching ESPN. Oh, this person did this. He heard this, that. Man, turn all that off. Like, let's spend time with your teammate. Talk to your teammate. You know what I'm saying? And that's when you start to gain the culture that we have because we all spent so much time together. Mm -hmm. Like, we went to London. Um, Glad the Saints going back because, like, that that trip was big for us. For we had a a flight from Charlotte, and we went straight there after we uh, beat the Panthers. And then we... Get on that flight, guys barely slept, playing cards, hanging, talking all night. We get there, we're in London for a week, you know? So, I mean, like, you you have no choice but to hang out with each other, you know? Like, you can sit in your room all day, but you're going to hate it. Mm-hmm. So, you're hanging out, and you're really, like, getting to know your teammate, you know? So, like, you're almost forced to. And then, you know, everything just kind of just goes from there. Like, guys want to be around their teammates. They, they want to, you know, hang out, you know, hey, teach me how to play Tonk. Teach me how to play Smash Bros. Teach me how to, you know. And it's just like, all right, cool. So now you got defensive guys talking with offensive guys. Linemen talking with receivers. You know what I'm saying? Like, it was it was more than just clicks. It was actually, like, everybody hanging with everybody. Like, how a team should be. Really cool stories. I really appreciate you joining us today on yes. the podcast. Congratulations on your official retirement. Thank you. As a saint. Definitely happy to have you here. 
So thanks for joining us. Yeah, one more key out the building. All right, we're getting there. <laughs> this has been the New Orleans Saints podcast presented by SeatGeek. I'm Aaron Summers. John DeShazer and I will join you again next week. Thanks for listening.